0: Today we're discussing page 26 of the Weird Weird West. This page begins chapter 12, Desperados Afoot. There's something dumb on this page, there's something real dumb on this page, but it's a classic. I feel privileged to take a crack at this classic dumbness on display in chapter 12. You'll recall that our heroes, having discovered the Crozar's evil plot, having determined that they have to talk to Alexander the Great, Napoleon Bonaparte, and Genghis Khan, and convince them to team up to fight the Crozar menace, our heroes ventured out into the desert, Two hours into that surprisingly laborious and boring journey, which was thoroughly detailed in chapter 11, our heroes are rescued from the rigors of resource management by the following box text, quote, as you approach the foot of a small hill, a motion at the crest catches your eye. Someone wearing a cowboy hat ducks out of sight behind brush. A moment later, a gunshot rings out. Finally. How long did it take for us to get an actual honest-to-god gun in this adventure? This is page 26, unforgivable. But anyway, it's here now. Quote, a moment later, a gunshot rings out, the bullet kicking up dirt on the hillside before you. Hold it right there, comes a man's voice from a concealing brush. Reach for the sky. Don't try anything funny or I'll fill you full of lead. So, we're being shot at, we're being told to put our hands up. If we do so, or if we try to talk this out, uh, we will be told to drop our weapons. It says, quote, if the heroes do not immediately comply with these demands, end quote, then we get another warning shot. Off to our right, and another voice tells us, do what he says, you're surrounded. Now if, as seems highly unlikely to me, we not only put up our hands but also throw down our weapons, then we are approached by cowboys, who have us move away from our weapons and wait for reinforcements to cover us while they tie us up. Now whether or not we have been through this shit with the Crozar before, if we have an ounce of strength left in our bodies, which is a question for Ford's Furies, but they're also itching for a fight they can win. If we have an ounce of strength left to fight, I feel like as player characters, we're not going to let these cowboys take our weapons, call in reinforcements, and tie us up. However, most of the page assumes that we do just that, or at least that we play along long enough to explain who we are and maybe figure out who we're up against. Quote, let each character make a reason role of remarkable intensity. If you decide characters have a special reason to be familiar with this historical era and its heroes, perhaps from historical texts or previous time travel encounters, the difficulty of the role may be reduced to excellent or good at your discretion. We do have the column shift mechanism for situations exactly like this, for example, characters who have the history skill, and these instructions seem to overlap with those in an awkward way. There's no reason to use the intensity rules here because, take a drink, that is not how the intensity rules work. Quote, if the role indicates that any of the Western heroes are recognized, the player characters should realize they are good guys and potential allies in this era. Yes, the two cowboys we are initially facing are Kid Colt and the Rawhide Kid. If we put our hands up and throw down our weapons and wait, then Phantom Rider and Two-Gun Kid show up as well. And if any of us on the team can make a reason roll with remarkable intensity, or maybe excellent intensity, or maybe good intensity, and it's not clear how this interacts with talents, but whatever, roll some dice and see what happens, somebody on the team might recognize, hey, you're the Rawhide Kid, hey, you're the Two-Gun Kid, hey, you're that shithead who fell off a cliff and died and everybody was happy. And whether or not we realize that they're heroes, we can also try to convince them that we're heroes, although why we would try to demonstrate Our heroism to random gunslingers who are tying us up, I do not know. Quote, Whether or not the Westerners are recognized, the heroes may try to talk their way out of this situation before resorting to combat. Kid Colt does most of the talking in this situation. He and his companions are suspicious of the characters, who have arrived just as the Westerners are on the lookout for yet another attack by desperados from Dodge City. Roleplay any dialogue taking place between the characters and the Western heroes. Reasonable talk and a simple demonstration of unusual superhero powers should convince Colt and friends that the heroes have nothing to do with the desperados. To convince Colt and companions of this, at least one hero must successfully make a reason role of good intensity. Difficulty is reduced to typical if the player characters have used superhero powers in making their point. So what's happened here is that Kid Colt and Rawhide Kid were looking out for these desperados. They saw the player characters coming, and they thought, this has got to be them. This has got to be those desperados. Let's fire shots at them and tell them to stand still and drop their weapons and we'll go over there and tie them up. And if we simply allow ourselves to be randomly detained by violent men with guns, then we can have a reasonable conversation and everyone can realize that this was all a big misunderstanding. If, however, we attempt to fight the people shooting at us, quote, if the player characters refuse to surrender to the Westerners and do not talk with them, the Western heroes attempt to subdue the characters with force. Kid Colt and the Rawhide Kid begin this encounter four areas distant from the characters. The sounds of gunfire bring the ghost rider, which is another name for the phantom rider, and the two-gun kid to the scene three minutes after the shooting begins, if they are not already there. The Westerners shoot to wound, not to kill, unless they are fired on by the player characters. If the heroes use powers with visible effects, such as beams of energy, this will also provoke the Westerners into shooting to kill. So what we have here, and this is the dumbest thing on this page, and I'm so happy about it, is a classic Marvel Comics misunderstanding battle. It's a fight cute. It's It's a classic Marvel fight cute. Two groups of heroes meet each other, they assume for the thinnest possible reason that the author can think of, that the other side must be villains for some reason, and then they fight, and then after everybody's had a chance to show off their powers and like impress each other with their combat prowess, then somebody's like, wait a minute, aren't you that guy? You know, that guy? Oh, Thor, the god of thunder, I've seen you on the news, aren't you good? And Thor's like, yay, verily. And now that I look upon thy visage for a minute, methinks thou art commander good guy of the highly virtuous people squad. I have seen thee on the news. Thou doest good work. And everybody just kind of forgets that a minute ago, Mjolnir was flying back and forth and everybody almost died. This is exactly that. And it does not disappoint. It is it is a, a fine entry in this grand tradition because how the fuck did Rawhide Kid and Kid Colt mistake any of these super teams for desperados? Please consider. Now, now, Every super team we've been talking about is here, right? This is a bottleneck everybody has to go through. So the Zoomers have to go through this scene. So do Ford's Furies. So do the Misfits. If you're playing the West Coast Avengers, the West Coast Avengers have to go through here. This never makes sense. Like, let's say that we have the Secret Zoomers walking through the desert, okay? What we have, what what Rawhide Kid and Kid Colt will see from their ambush positions, are a teenage girl, a robot turtle battle suit, uh, one teenage kid in plain clothes, that would be short out, and another kid. In this, like, slime apparatus that he wears, which is not too threatening looking, right? He basically made it as, like, a junior maker fair, and it shows. Kid Colt, who knows his way around a bandito, looks at these four awkward, brainy, indoor kids, these teenagers, and thinks, well, well, that must be the bandit John Hobart and his band of ruffians and desperados. Looks like one of them's dressed up as a mighty shiny turtle that won't fool old Kid Colt. Halt! You there! Stop! Throw down your weapons! Get out of that turtle costume and face justice! You yellow bellies? That's the level that Kid Colt is operating at, in terms of his detective skills, apparently. Ford's Furies? Uh, not too much better. Scoop is a costumed, physically unimpressive woman. Cub Scout is a very short, anthropomorphic wolf cub. Iron Blood's got a full-on, colorful superhero costume with the chemical symbol for iron on the chest in acknowledgement of his blood's high iron content, and All Ears is literally a clump of ears on a high-tech unicycle. Well, well. If it is isn't old John Hobart and his caped friend, an old Ears McGinty, his right-hand man. And that must be his trusty hound dog, Pardner. Looks like he taught Pardner to walk and talk and hold a gun since last I met. That crafty John Hobart. Good job, Kid Colt. You cracked it again. Misfits? I mean, first of all, there are no women in John Hobart's gang, and all of the misfits are women. But beyond that, Dr. Jaw is an Indian woman with a halting gait, visible damage to her leg, wearing a complex electronic size stimulator apparatus on her body. And she's the one who looks most like she could be a member of the Hobart gang, assuming that Super Bowl is in her Super Bowl form. If she's Rhonda, then... I'm not going to lie. Rhonda looks like she's hard as nails, has a bad attitude. Rhonda could easily be a member of the Hobart gang. I'm not going to deny it. But if she's in her Super Bowl form, she's fucking bright red. She's a plump, smooth, nude, bright red woman walking through the desert. And next to her is a gleaming mermaid robot. And next to her is a fucking humanoid prism in the bright desert sun. And Kid Colt pops up. Put up, desperados. I don't know what your game is disguising yourselves as clearly inhuman women made of exotic substances, but you're not going to put one over on old kid Cole. Honestly, the West Coast Avengers look most like a potential group of bandits, and they're all wearing what are obviously superhero costumes, and one of them is a tiger and one of them is red. And they're the closest to the typical desperado image. So by far the dumbest thing in this page is just the immense suspension of disbelief it takes to justify this fight between the Western heroes. And the super team, and as a player, I would be delighted to make it. Here is my disbelief. Hovering miles above the earth, levitated by sheer glee that I get to be a part of this. By all means, let me let me fight these cowboys. Let me fight these cowboys and then make friends with these cowboys, and then we'll all shake hands and we'll go do justice together. That is the Marvel Comics way. Fantastic. A plus page, wouldn't change a thing. Anyway, once the obligatory fight cute is over. Quote, Colt asks the heroes to assist him and his companions in neutralizing the gang of Desperados, led by the local ruffian and gambler, Pharaoh John Hobart. His nickname is Pharaoh, which is the name of a contemporary card game. Quote, if the heroes are reluctant to do so, Kid Colt mentions they are protecting a fellow named Albert Einstein from Hobart, who refuses to believe the nearby shack holds nothing of value to his gang. If this information fails to persuade the characters to help, Einstein himself can appeal to the heroes for assistance, explaining the importance of his project. And it goes on to explain how, but I mean, who, who's not on the hook by this point? Kid Colt and the Rawhide Kid and Two-Gun Kid and a conspicuously riderless horse standing here uselessly because there are only three cowboy heroes in this scene and I love all of them. They're asking me to go help them protect Albert Einstein from desperados. This is what I'm here for. Like, if I didn't want this, why did I buy this fucking book? There's really only one hitch in this sequence of events, which is that we might be over enthusiastic at our fight, cute, and accidentally beat all the cowboys before the handshaking can commence. Join me next time for what happens then on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big Megasode on the top secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Dumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc, etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H.com. Thanks for listening.